that kids ask a lot of questions. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? there anything to eat? Why is the sky blue? And sometimes they ask tougher questions, like... How do I know God loves me? Am I on the naughty list? How come I can't see God? What is heaven like? When your kids have questions about faith, we've got a great place to start that conversation. It's called Jumpstart, and it's a place where parents and kids can learn about faith together. Kids will always have a lot of questions, but together we can help them discover what matters most. Hey, well, good morning, Riverway. It is good to see you. Uh, it's good to be back. We are gone a couple weeks on vacation. And I'm also excited because Jumpstart is happening today. And Jumpstart is a 20-minute presentation for those of you with elementary age school students uh, where the parents can come with. And uh, today, right after this service in the parent viewing room, it is going to be there. And it's designed to help students understand what it means to have a personal relationship with God. And our hope is that by the end of that, they would say, you know what, we want to receive Christ as our Savior, and then we want to help put that into parents' hands to help lead your kids in that way. And so it's something brand new that we're doing for discipleship. We're going to be doing every month um, uh, throughout the course of the school year here. And so if you can't come today, we hope that you will join us for one of those. And that is Jumpstart uh, kicking off today. Well, it is good to see you, and I just couldn't be filled with more anticipation with what God is going to do in the next couple months and all the exciting things that we have coming up. Uh, so much to look forward to, and that's why today is so important. And so right inside of your bulletin should be some message notes if you want to go ahead and grab those out. And uh, we want to say welcome to those of you watching in the parent viewing room, and that's a great place to go if you have little ones that get fussy during the service. We would just kindly ask that you'd make your way out the main exit, and an usher can help you find that room where you can watch the service live with us. Well, it's hard to believe uh, that two weeks from now, and you might want to free your hands because you might want to clap in a moment, two weeks from today, we will be celebrating seven years as a church. Isn't that awesome? I mean, you can clap for that because that's pretty exciting. That is pretty exciting. Uh, and in some ways, it has gone so fast, uh, but when you see life change happening, it really helps slow down those moments to just cherish it and recognize all that God is doing in us um, as individuals, but also through us and how we're reaching our community and reaching our friends and neighbors. And I know that we wouldn't be who we are as a church uh, and we wouldn't have seen nearly 700 adults make decisions to make Christ the leader of your life if it wasn't for all of you who serve here on a regular basis. Uh, you're helping us create environments where people can take those steps in relationship with God. And so um, unashamedly, my goal this morning is to not only thank all of you who are serving, but uh, my goal today is to get all of you who are not yet serving to step up and say, yes, I will join a ministry team and I'll start serving. Because you know this is true, that this church has never been about a person with a microphone. Uh, it's, it's rather been about a group of people who've decided to dedicate their lives to make a difference for all of eternity by serving others and creating environments where anyone can start a relationship with God. And I'm so impressed with all the people who have caught the example of Jesus and how it, what it means to serve and to lay down your life for others and to be a blessing to people that are in need. And it just continues week after week and God is doing something so special here and so unique in our community. And I just wanna say thank you for that. Um, but we need more of you. Uh, it reminded me of a time when I was nine years old, thereabouts. Uh, my parents, they owned a speedboat that wasn't very speedy. 
uh, but that was beside the point. Um, but it was one of those gambling boats. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, the kind of boat that you get out on the water, and it's a gamble whether or not it will start. And Yeah, that, that's what we had. And on this particular day, guess what? We got lucky. It started. And it was great. And so, you know, we get out to about the middle of the lake, thereabouts, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> we see light smoke coming from the engine. And then heavy smoke coming from the engine. And maybe you've heard the expression, where there is smoke, there must be fire. And all of a sudden, flames start shooting out of the engine. And, you know, my wonderful mother, being the protective parent that she was and is, uh, there was four of us kids, and she began to grab each of us by our life jackets and toss us overboard. You know, just grab and toss, grab and toss, you know. And so I can only imagine for onlookers, this had to be quite a treat, right? Boat on fire, kids being thrown out everywhere. I mean, it was probably quite the scene. Uh, but I'm happy to report that I survived the boat fire of 87, and uh, I am mostly unscarred from that event today. Uh, but my point is this, is that our boat only took us as far as our engine would go. And it didn't matter if the boat was clean, if it was polished, if it looked pristine. It was the engine that would determine how fast and far we go. And so it is, your very first fill-in. The volunteers here at Riverway are the engine of our church, and they determine how far and fast we go. It's all about those that volunteer. It doesn't matter how polished our church looks on the website. It doesn't matter how polished it looks from the outside. We can only go where God has called us to go when you step up and serve. In fact, there's almost 240 adults that are already serving somewhere here at Riverway. And I'm so proud of you for that because this is how we are called by Jesus to live our lives to make deposits into things that will last for eternity, right? To be eternal-minded, others-focused. But there's a problem that we face, and it was the same problem that 2,000 years ago that Jesus spoke about when it came to people who need to hear about him. And this problem Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, and it begins this way, that Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And as you can imagine, I mean, if this guy is healing everybody around him, quite a crowd is gathering. And verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, Jesus is not talking about something physical here. He is talking about spiritual and then he gathers his disciples. He says, guys, come here. I want you to look at this crowd and I want you to understand something so important. As we're launching this thing, he said the harvest is plentiful. In other words, there's an endless amount of people that need to hear this good news, but the workers are few. So pray and ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, your next fill in. Jesus saw the people who were lost without him and was moved by the sheer volume of those who needed to be reached. Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the crowds of people and he understood that that was multiplied again and again and again all around the world. The people that needed to hear about the love and forgiveness that he came to bring. And in that moment, when Jesus saw the crowds and he was moved by compassion, he did not build a bigger stage. 
He did not yell louder and say, it's all about me. No, 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 no. He gathered his followers together and said something so profound. That this harvest will always be plentiful. I don't know if you like sweet corn, but I love sweet corn. And just like a week or two ago, we had like the best sweet corn ever. How many of you like sweet corn? Extra butter, salt, come on now, right? State fair corn. Did you know that we're gonna have state fair corn in the Cobbett Family Fun Fest this year? We are. Oh yeah, we're stepping up our game, that's right. Same supplier to the corn of the fair is now the supplier of Family Fun Fest. Let me tell you, oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yep, you didn't cheer when I read the verse, but you cheered about corn. Okay, so... So anyway, you know, when you drive by these fields and they're just, doesn't it seem like it's just an endless field of corn, right? It just goes on and on forever. You think, man, I'm glad it's not my job to harvest all that corn. And Jesus is using this analogy really intentionally because he wants to say, listen, it's as if the harvest never ends, right? It's so plentiful. There are so many people around us that need to hear this good news. But the problem that they faced 2,000 years ago that we still face today is that the workers are few, in other words, your next fill-in, there are no issues with the harvest. Rather, there are not enough workers. It's not a harvest issue. It's a harvester issue. Not enough people who will see with eyes of compassion those who are lost and are willing to do something about it, willing to prioritize something different in their schedule, willing to prioritize their life in a way that they would be eternally minded and eternally focused. Well, this last week, uh, Tara and I took our kids to a Christian uh, family camp. <clears throat> and we've been talking about it for a couple of years, and we finally pulled the trigger, and we did it this year. And uh, of course, you know, leading up to this, we have oversold this thing to our kids because we want them to be excited about it. We had to convince them to leave their friends and leave their very important schedules. You know, <laughs> I mean, they have very important schedules to come with us and it would be fun and it worked. I mean, they were excited, we were excited. We got our car packed up and we took off last Sunday morning. And it was only about seven minutes into our two-and-a-half-hour car ride uh, when all hell broke loose in our vehicle. And it really all began with them fighting over uh, what movie we were going to watch in the car. I don't know if you've ever had this situation, but arguing back and forth. And apparently the spoken fact that I did not have a DVD player in my car when I grew up, we looked out the window, we played games, we read books impacted them zilch none whatsoever the arguing continued Tara and I said we will pick the movie and you will like it and if you don't like it you can sleep you can look out the window right well then it continues into someone's touching me they have more leg room than I do they put their feet where my feet are supposed to go I'm hungry they looked at me he pinched me she hit me all the while Tara now come on parents you understand this like we are reasonable people, right, as parents. We, and we always started about a level one. You know, we're patient, we're kind, fruits of the Spirit are flowing. And, you know, but as this continues for a long time, it's like the fruit of the Spirit starts to evaporate in our lives very quickly. And the tension is building, and we're at a three, we're at a four, and pretty much we're at an eight, and we're all yelling in the car, and we're telling them to be quiet, and we're telling them to like it, and that we are going to a Christian family camp, and we're going to like it. And I got to tell you, by the time we got up to camp, none of us were Christians. I mean, none of us. 
Not a one of us. I mean, we needed like repentant time. We needed salvation. We needed Jesus back in. And, and we got up there and we just said, you know what? Forget it. Let's just turn around. Let's go home. This isn't worth it. We were so distracted by the fighting that we lost focus on the reason that we had got up there in the first place. And so we decided that, okay, we're going to stay. We're just going to get through it. And the longer the week went on, boy, are we glad that we stayed. We had so many good God times, good family times, good laughs together. And by the end of it, we had a perspective that we didn't have before, that it was worth it. Uh, it was worth the time. It was worth the effort. It was worth the frustration. It was worth the arguments because we saw the results in our life and in our family. And in that same way, your next feeling, many of us get distracted with our own life and priorities. And we've forgotten the mission that we're supposed to be on. Come on, this happens to all of us. We get so distracted by life. We get so distracted with the busyness of kids and jobs and the stresses of finances and putting everything together and, and the endless schedule and, and the demands that people have on us. And it's so easy to get distracted in life and we become inward focused and we lose the eternal perspective and priority that Jesus wants us to have. The eternal perspective and priority when he, that when he pulled his disciples together, he said, come on, look at this. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Would you keep this as a priority in your life? Would you allow yourself not to be distracted? And that's why Jesus repeated this over and over to them. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the workers into, his, into the fields. And there are so many of you that are faithful in your serving here. But my prayer this week has been for those of you that aren't yet serving. I've been asking the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest field. People who say, you know what, I want my life to be about something more than just me. I want my life to have an eternal difference and an internal impact. And why is this so important? Because there are so many people who are lost. So many people who are helpless spiritually. And we get to invite them here. We get to set the table for them. And that's why three weeks from now, we will host Family Fun Fest. And we'll have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that will walk through our doors. And that's why we're starting a series called Stranded by Religion on that weekend. And this is a mailer. It's going to hit 50,000 homes in the area. But this whole series is about answering the questions of faith that have left you feeling lost. So many people that maybe thought they had religion when they were missing out on relationship, people that have walked away from church or walked away from faith in God, people that feel stranded and don't know what to believe. And on that very first week, we're gonna talk about what it means that if you were to strip away all the knowledge that you have about Jesus or the Bible, or if you were to strip away all the knowledge and religious experiences that you have had, and you had to start over at the beginning, how would you do it? And how would you know the difference between relationship and religion? And it's why on the way out today that you're going to get little invite cards that look just like this, that have our series on one side and Family Fun Fest on the other. It's why I'm encouraging all of us to invite everybody, everybody we know. Because I'm telling you what, God is going to impact and change some lives. And that's what we're to be about. It's why we give and you've given towards Family Fun Fest to bait that hook again so that people can come and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And I hope that you'll in invite. 
I hope that you reach out to people. I think I've heard so many times from people when they've sat through, you know, one of our series on our fall kickoff and they say, man, I wish I would have invited more people. I wish I would have invited so-and-so and so-and-so to hear that because you know how God wants to work in their life. But it's all about being eternally focused and not being distracted with everything else. And so the truth is your next feeling, if we're gonna reach more people with the love of Jesus, we need more workers. More people who see that there's more people to reach will answer the call that Jesus gives us to serve. Because the truth is we're not just parking cars and waving and saying hi to people. We're not just ministering to kids and hanging out with them and loving them and caring for them. We're not just greeting up the doors and welcoming people. We're not just serving donuts and coffee. We're not just getting sound and lights and everything up and running. We are actually creating environments so anyone can come and have an aha moment. Maybe you've experienced an aha moment. And not an aha moment about a church, not an aha moment about a speaker, not with a style, but an aha moment with a God that loves them. An aha moment when the Holy Spirit comes and reveals himself to a heart that so desperately needs answers. And that's what we do week after week. And I know the instant pushback is, oh, I'm so busy and we have so many irons in the fire and if you could see our schedule and if you see what our kids are involved in and, and I understand all of that, but the truth is, we're all busy. It's all about how we prioritize what's important. And believe it or not, I think it would be horrible for any one of us to stand before God one day and for us to say, sorry, God, we didn't serve in your church. We, we didn't help other people find you because we were just too busy. I mean, what a horrible thing, right? I mean, obviously, none of us would want to be there. And yet I believe that the local church is the greatest vehicle in which you can use your talents and abilities in a collective force, in a collective way to reach so many people. But it's all about being outward instead of inward focused. There's also benefits to serving. I love it as people are serving, rubbing elbows together and they're getting to know each other. As you serve with people maybe you haven't met before and you start to know about their life and pretty soon you're serving with the same people and you build relationships. There's a blessing that comes from God when people serve. People that find a sense of purpose and fulfillment that can only be found when you give your life away. You see, your next fill in serving in the local church changes us for the better. And it's worth the time and the effort that we put in. Just like that car ride, enduring it up to camp, it was worth it. At the end of the day, when people are serving, they're saying it was worth it. It's worth the time and the effort to see people's lives changed. And in Scripture, we meet this guy named Paul who used to be Saul, and he hated Christians, and he did everything he could to stomp out Christianity. Until one day, he had an encounter with Jesus. And it changed his whole life. And he went from trying to kill Christians to being one of the greatest leaders in the early church. And Paul is writing letters and he's visiting different churches and trying to encourage and strengthen them. And Paul, at this point, he's in Macedonia. He's, he's around the rim there and he's encouraging the churches with these words. And, and I, this verse is so impactful. In Acts 20, 35, he's saying to this group just before this, he says, hey, this is gonna be the last time that you see me. And so it's like his farewell speech and, Paul says this, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. And you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus, and he goes on to quote Jesus. He says, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. 
to understand this kingdom principle that seems so backwards, yet it's true, that it's more blessed when you give yourself away. But you can't experience it until you do it. You can't experience that blessing until you jump in, until you take the leap and choose to prioritize eternal things over temporary things. And we get so caught up in the, in the temporary that we forget sometimes about the eternal. And that's why Jesus gathered his disciples together when he said, come on, look, the harvest is plentiful. Don't ever forget this. But the workers are few. Stay focused on eternity. And so your last fill-in is a simple question. It just asks, will I use my time and ability to help others find Jesus? Will I use my time and ability to help others find Jesus? And that's a question that every one of you have to wrestle to the ground today. Because this is a yes question or it's a no question. Will I use my time and abilities to build God's kingdom? Will I use my time and abilities to let something count for eternity? And every time someone new walks in the door, every time we have a guest, every time we have somebody that's far from faith and they decide to take a risk and show up, because it's a big risk to show up. And when they find God, when they understand their heavenly Father's love for them, when they understand the forgiveness that he offers and they begin to take steps of faith, that is a win for all of us. We all share in that collective win. And it reminded me of John and Lynette Mott. Uh, the Motts have been a part of our church for three and a half years. And a while back, he shared just part of his story with me of how they came to Riverway and what has changed in their life since. And I said, would it be okay if, would you write that down and would, would it be okay if I share that story with our church? And he said, absolutely. And so I want to read you what he wrote about when he came to Riverway. He said, I grew up in a religious home. Uh, we went to a very small non-denominational church from when I was born until I was 14 or so. And then the church disbanded, so our family, three boys, two girls, mom and dad, had to find a new church. We found a church, and it had a passion-driven youth group with an amazing youth pastor, and I was really on the path to a spiritual life. But when I was 16 and got my license, I just stopped going to church as often. I had friends there, but eventually we all stopped going as we were looking to the world for new experiences, not necessarily answers, but we wanted to see what was out there. I never really felt guilty for leaving, but I was living my life of self-worship and pursuing my own dreams in the physical world. A lot of time passed, I stayed out of trouble, meaning that I never paid the consequences for some of my bad behavior, which is important to my story, because I think, why was I given such grace? I met my wife and we got married in 2012 and had our son in 2013. And that's when the conversations about God started to happen between Lynette and I. We both knew we wanted to raise our children in a home that believed in God and followed him. We both had that as children and we both recognized the importance and value to their character in this world. We were living in St. Cloud at the time and got married in a Lutheran church and we started looking for a church with life in the people. We didn't want to attend a church where it felt like a hollow act to go to services. We moved to Champlin, and in February of 2015, we received a flyer from Riverway for the marriage series. I'm a big fan of the Lego movie, and the fact that you could eat, meet Emmett in person was a deal maker. 
The moment we came, we knew this place was different. You could feel it. It was unapologetic about its appeal to people searching like us. We walked into the elementary school and there were people like us and we were greeted so genuinely and people had conversations with us and that was a big key to us coming back. I knew that when I came back, I would find friendly faces and I would feel like I knew somebody. Well, fast forward about seven or eight months between November and July of 2015, it was the roughest stretch of my life I had had in a 10-year period. I was looking for a job and was struggling to find the one for me. So much of my identity is wrapped up in what I do, but I feel like I was letting my family down and admit that I prayed a lot out of need. I prayed for guidance, peace, God's hand on my hand to make the right moves and put my effort in the right places. All the while, when I was struggling, I was going to small groups, starting to form friendships in this place, and walking away from every Sunday with something I could use. It was something I could talk to Lynette about when we ate lunch on Sunday afternoon. Practical, relevant. I was putting on a strong face, though, during this dark period. I was struggling to feel like myself. But mind you, I still had faith. And then I got the offer, a dream job, not a job I wanted, not a job I just wanted, a job where they felt unbelievably lucky to have me and were excited to leverage my passion and experience in employee engagement and leadership development. I was just floored. I had never seen faith in tangible forms before, and by God, seeing my loyalty and faith in him and commitment to my family, for some reason, he rewarded me with a career that I would have felt selfish even asking for. How did I deserve such an unbelievable blessing? He said, we went through the Riverway 101 classes and, and connectors, that was something we had back then, uh, were Brian and Amy Larson, and we felt like we were getting plugged in. We started volunteering with kids check-in and even spent some time in the kids' room taking care of kids. And currently, he says, I'm serving on the video team and I can feel the vision developing on that team with my passion for creative production and Melissa's love for that crew. Isn't that an awesome story? Someone that's walked in searching and then it's come full circle. And now for the last several years, they've been serving faithfully here at Irvaway. Can I tell you, when I hear stories like John and Lynette Mott, it's why I'm reminded again and again why I've chosen to give my life to this. Because I want so many other Mott families to show up into an environment and a place where there's genuine people who are caring and loving and a place where we can all take simple steps towards God and have our lives impacted as a result. And this is what we're going to continue to do. We're going to continue to put out the welcome mat to those that are far from God or have given up on church and we're unapologetic about it. And my hope and prayer is that we would be a bigger impact in this community than we've ever been. But in order to do that, as we see the harvest is plentiful, God would say we need more workers. We need more people that would be willing to reprioritize their schedule and their life a little bit to begin to put eternal things in front of the temporary things. Because the truth is, is that we were never designed by God. Please don't miss this. We were never designed by God to simply be spiritual consumers. We were designed by God to be spiritual contributors. And it's receiving and it's giving out. It's receiving, it's giving out. It's receiving and it's giving out. This is the pattern that Jesus has set up for all of his followers. 
that our lives wouldn't just be inward focused, but we would be outward focused. That we would exist so that the world and our city and our neighbors and our friends could hear about this amazing news that Jesus loves them no matter where they've been in life and that his forgiveness is endless. And that's why from, from day one of our church, we have said we don't want to just go to church. We want to be the church. We don't want to just warm a chair on Sunday mornings. We want to be the church that makes a difference in our community. And by God's grace, we've been able to do that. But with the vision to reach more people and to make a bigger impact, we need your help. And today I want to challenge you to be the church and to reprioritize whatever you need to so that you can start serving as God would have you serve. And so on your way in today, you got a little card just like this that says, I'm ready to serve. Can we all say that together? I'm ready to serve. Let's say it again. I'm ready to, let's say it again. I'm ready to serve. I just figure I'll brainwash you if nothing else. I'm ready to serve, right? We're ready. It doesn't matter if you've known Jesus for a week. It doesn't matter if you've known him for 40 years. You can be ready to serve and to help move the kingdom of God forward. And so on the front of this card, we'd ask you to just put your name. If you're already serving, you can write your name and then say already serving. But here's my challenge to you who are already serving. If you're only serving once a month, could you serve every other week? And if you're only serving every other week, could you serve every week? See, the truth is the reason why we have two services is not because we have run out of auditorium space. Number one, Yes, our kids' rooms would be very full if we only had one. But secondly, we have designed this as a place so that you can attend a service and serve in a service. So that you can receive and you can give out. Because that's what it's meant to be. I'm going to serve in one, I'm going to attend one. And so if you're already serving, I just want to challenge you, could you serve in a greater way? And if so, would you mark that on your card and we can get in contact with you this week. But on the very back of this, Oh, it's important that you put your name and at least your email address so we know who you are. Don't forget that. That's important. Um, but on the back are all the different areas that you can serve. And I just want to walk through these quickly with you. And then I'm going to have you, you um, chat. You're going to write down one, two, and three. So your first choice, second choice, third choice. And then the ministry team leader will get in touch with you this week about how we can get you set up to serve. All right? So before you make any selections, I want to read these to you and explain them. And then I want to tell you about our three or four biggest needs we have right now as a church. All right? So if you flip it to the back, the first one says kids preschool. This is birth to five years old. So if you like kids that aren't at the age yet where they can talk back to you, this is a great place to serve, all right? But in all seriousness, if you have a, just, a, just a love for little kids and you can care for them and love on them, this would be such a great place for you. The next one is our kids. It's our elementary school, K through fifth grade. And I'll tell you what, every single kid needs another voice in their life reinforcing what mom and dad are already saying. And these kids are so in need of just mentors, people in their life that can speak into their life. And I want to challenge you, elementary, oh, if you didn't get one, raise your hand and we can pass one out to you if you missed one on the way in. Thank you, Vivian. Uh, so K through fifth grade, also we have a kid's main stage. And this is for also K through fifth grade. But if you have a gift to be in front of people, you have a gift of communication, we would love to utilize that gift. Um, in our K through fifth grade area. It's simple. We created all, all the material for you. But if you're a good presenter, we'd love to utilize that gift so that our kids can learn more about Jesus. Our Rooted Youth Group uh, meets on Wednesday nights and we are in need of some more leaders. And so if you're in that spot where you say, you know what, 
I can hang out with a teenager. Listen, you don't have to be cool like them. You don't have to get all the lingo. You don't have to get it. What teenagers need is someone to help them feel loved and accepted. And if you can do that, I'm telling you what, you being a voice in a teenager's life, because come on, if we all remember back to our teenage years, what a critical point where we've made decisions in some cases that have been some of our biggest regrets. And wouldn't it be cool if you could be a mentor in some teenager's life and because you spoke into their life and because you helped them make good decisions, they have lived their life with fewer regrets. That'd be awesome. Then we have our setup team. Our setup team gets here at 6.30 in the morning. Maybe you're a morning person or maybe you just say, hey, I'll make a sacrifice for God. 6.30, we're here setting up environments for everyone to show up. And then we have our teardown team. Uh, after second service, we're here about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, tearing everything down, putting it all away until next week. And then we have our guest services team. This is everybody that greets us at the door, that guides, gives information, walks new families, places, all of that. So if you're a people person, that might be a good spot for you. Or our parking lot team. Uh, I have a bigger vision for our parking lot team, and we just need some more bodies there. And I really want to make that just a more welcoming spot from the moment everyone drives onto our campus. But again, we just need some more people willing to raise their hand. And uh, we'll do that all the way until maybe snow flies. And then... Uh, yeah, then it gets sketchy. Um, then we have ushers' main service. And so that's all of our ushers helping with the offering or bulletins and seating people and greeting people as they walk through these doors. Then we have Team Yummy. We call, that's our coffee and donut team, Team Yummy. And how many of, I mean, come on, we love Team Yummy, right? I mean, we love Team Yummy. Uh, and so these people get here early to set up donuts and brew coffee and get everything ready for that. And then we have our production here in the main service. We have people helping with the video cameras and, and switchers and computers and all the things that happen up here, the lights and the sound and, and technicians. And so we need help in that area, and we'll teach you how to do it. You don't have to have experience. Uh, we'll teach you how to do that stuff. And then there's our prayer team, main service. At the end of every service, we have a prayer team here that, that people can come down and have needs prayed for. And then lastly, worship team up here. Um, if, you've been, if you're skilled in an instrument or if you can sing, I mean, we'd love to be able to utilize those gifts that God's given you. And maybe you've invested a lot of time or money into. We'd love to utilize that um, as part of our music. And so let me just tell you right now, uh, a few of our biggest needs, we always have a need in kids. Always, always, always. And uh, so if you jump in there, our second probably biggest need is in our tech area, uh, along with parking lot and then also set up teardown. Those would probably be like our four biggest areas, kids, tech, parking lot, and set up and teardown. Doesn't mean you can't pick something else, but I'm just letting you know that's kind of where we're, our needs are at in, in a big way right now. And so if you wouldn't mind filling out that card um, and uh, before you finish filling that out, can I just pray over us and pray over these commitments that we're making as we serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that at one point you gave each of us an aha moment. When our hearts were broken and far from you, you welcomed us in with your love and your grace. And God, so desperately we want to be a church and a people that rolls out the red carpet for people still searching. We want to keep growing individually. We want to grow as friends. We want to grow in community. We want to keep reaching out and blessing those that live around us. And God, we know to accomplish all this, you're asking us to step up and to prioritize the eternal over the temporary. And I pray that there would be a passion that would rise up in each one of us to serve you in a brand new way this school year. To say, God, we want to be all in for you. We want to honor you with our lives, with our gifts, our abilities. We want to make time and room for you to use us to impact so many people. We can't wait 
until we get to the other side when we see all of the fruit of all of our labor, as we see the difference we've been able to make, as we've done all these things to set the environment for people to come. So I pray your blessing over everyone that's serving and those that are signing up to serve. God, would you seal it in our hearts how important this is and how you've called us to serve your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.